0: Hello, and welcome to the second season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. And don't forget to write to Scenetosong at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater. We'll answer your questions on the upcoming season finale. My guest today is Marcus Scott. Marcus is a playwright, musical theater writer, journalist, and blogger whose writing has appeared in Elle, Out, Essence, Backstage, and Playbill, among others. His theater work includes the play Tumbleweed, the musical Cherry Bomb, and an operatic retelling of Beethoven's Fidelio for Heartbeat Opera. He has a B.A. and B.F.A. from the State University College at Buffalo and an M.F.A. from NYU's Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program. We are going to talk today about rock musicals as a vehicle for coming-of-age stories and biographies. Hey, Marcus. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. I'm very honored to be here.
0: Well, we are going to get started with our Get to Know Our Guest questions. What was your first experience with a musical?
1: Oh, God. Um, My first experience with a musical was, I believe it was Oliver or Annie, and I remember being revolted by musicals. I thought (laughs) this was what they all sounded like. I did not want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually grew up with like... Michael Jackson and uh, Diana Ross, uh, and uh, I believe Sidney Lumiere's uh, 1975 The Wiz, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really associate with that with musicals, I just thought it was like, because <laughs> it, <sounded, laughs> it sounded so different than right. like, you know, the very chippery kind of sound. Really what it was that kind of got me hooked into musicals, or kind of like made me go, oh, this is different, mm-hmm. um, was uh, Hair. That's actually what inspired me to be a theater major, to be an acting major, um, and kind of go at it full speed.
0: What is the last great musical you saw?
1: At the risk of sounding redundant, "A uh, Strangely by Michael R. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing like it. Um, before that, Passing Strange is probably the last musical that I remember watching and thinking, this is the greatest thing since, like, music was put on paper like you know? <laughs> um and to see a show that was about the black A experience to see it done with such vulnerability such openness such i mean it's, it goes to some very dark places but it mm-hmm. also goes to some very laugh out loud fall out of your seat like very funny moments and um, i just thought it was really it's a show that could only be written by that artist right at that time
0: what older or classic show did you recently see for the first time and what was your experience with it
1: it was hello dolly mm-hmm. I had never seen it before it uh, was with uh, Bette Midler yeah um, and I saw it with that uh, and with that original revival class it's a very smart show mm-hmm. Jerry Herman to me is one of the great American songwriters I don't think there's anyone mm-hmm. like Jerry Herman um, yeah. and um, and that's also a writer that gets a lot of flack, but also continuously writes bops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and yet, um, I'd never seen the show. I had mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never even seen the Barbara Streisand uh, film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, seeing it on its feet, it, it to me it felt like it felt like fluff. Mm-hmm. But there was so much heart. There was so much um, uh, pathos with it, and it really—it's uh, it's, just—it's a crowd. You know, pleaser.
0: What's a musical people might be surprised to find out you love, and why would they be surprised?
1: The stuff that I really love to listen to and that that really takes me are more like rock musicals. But the shows that really, um, that I feel that people would not think I like <laughs> as yeah. much, um, would be like a merrily we roll along mm. i think it's actually a perfect <laughs> show and it gets a lot of flack and i really don't think why I, i'm always surprised yeah by people I,
0: it always works for me it's, it, all it's,
1: <laughs> a, it's one of those those shows where i'm like i think it's one of his most earnest mm-hmm. i think it is one of his most well-written one of his yeah. most evocative and i feel that um it's just it's one of the most raw to be honest yeah um i love a company it took Mm -hmm. me years (laughs) took me years to actually like get down a company Mm. not because of of it being written i just thought they were victim songs i didn't like um i uh being alive right i was like, "Eh."
0: sometimes it feels to me like that show was almost like not that it was but it or it feels like it was kind of written on assignment yeah (laughs) like he was like all right well i gotta find out what it's like to be married let me take some notes this yeah. is it
1: and then i watched um the neil patrick harris version mm. um which i also think is very underrated but i thought it was like a very just honest yeah. very open and i've i've seen every iteration i could of company right. and it just never grabbed me like that performance mm. did and it really kind of recontextualized and really made me really calibrate how i thought about the show i'm also um a very huge fan I mean, my favorite Songwriting team would be a cannery nap. Mm-hmm. They've always just grabbed me. Yeah. Um, their shows are a lot darker a lot more grounded and and um, I guess reality, but I just I like a lot of uh, I like the rink a lot
0: which writers of the past and working today. Do you admire most?
1: I'm gonna go with uh, Cy Coleman mm. um, And um, and I will also go with galt mcdermott mm-hmm. um of hair fame of hair fame <laughs> right i would also note that my last my last person um harry krieger uh dream girls yeah um, and also sideshow and i mentioned side coleman earlier because yeah. i just i love 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 i have a deep love for um sweet charity mm. it's like i'm actually really upset that um sudden foster made me cry Mm -hmm. like she made me like I've seen the film I've seen I saw the revival that it did on Broadway years ago with Christina Applegate Mm -hmm. who's also very underrated Um, but seeing it with um, Sutton Foster it made me it's the first time I ever cried like openly wept (laughs) (laughs) like watching one of her performances watching really any uh any kind of show on that it was just it was stripped down it was very raw
0: who is your favorite hero character in a musical and who is your favorite villain character
1: i would say Pippin, um Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because um there are plenty of shows that i could i could really relate to hedwig Pippin. there's something about the psychology of like this entertainer this these uh this cavalcade of thoughts of of figures in your head telling you to keep going for this dream and it's really like the struggle of what it means to be an artist Mm. Um, and what it means to be, to kind of go on this journey, to believe that you are here, put on this earth for excellence and nothing, no matter what you do, is good enough and the ending is probably one of of the most devastating Mm. uh, endings in musical theater you know, like having to he goes with the simpler life (laughs) <laughs> yeah and he feels trapped in the original right. he, he he like when his uh his uh wife asked him you know like oh how do you feel
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he says trapped and the new in the revival when they, like, they did a couple of years with petita miller yeah they took that moment out because they thought it was too dark um but there's something a, lo- a little bit more haunting about this child his uh, his stepson kind mm-hmm. of taking over or inheriting those demons yeah. you know yeah. and and really uh, and, and it kind of being an endless cycle of like searching for excellence searching for you know want, being wonder in terms of villains I've always related to Jesus mm. um, this uh, is a person Jesus Christ Superstar and <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar um, just he is just trying to do good things mm-hmm. and it's just and he really wants to be good. What I love about Judas is that he just wants his people to survive and mm-hmm. it's really the this, this, this struggle that people of color, uh, people who are identified as trans, people who identify as queer, um, it's just, uh, it's something that's just so, the, the things that you would do in order to survive, yeah. in order to help your people.
0: Cool. Well, let's move on to our topic, which is rock musicals as a vehicle for coming-of-age stories and biographies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what, uh, we'll just start with what led you to want to talk about this?
1: Um, I feel that rock musicals in general kind of uh, get a bad rap. Right now you're seeing really um, a movement in musical theater Mm -hmm. uh, with Adam Guan with Jovi mm-hmm. um who are kind of taking on the reins of rock musicals. They've been doing it for a while, but yeah. it's you're really seeing um, a lot of uh, a lot of that happening. But um, I remember I wrote my show um, Cherry Bomb, and I had to do some research, and I was like, oh, let's like, look up rock musicals. Mm-hmm. I got like twenty rock musicals by mm-hmm. name. Some of them were like very little, you know, they weren't known as well. Right. Um, but a lot of them weren't big and I was like wow that's crazy to me yeah. because everything else is kind of traditional right. um, and I feel like right now especially with uh, this closing of Strange Loop off Broadway um, with uh, Invisible Thread um, mm. which was at Second Stage a couple of years ago yeah. um, you're just kind of seeing more people of color um, kind of influence these spaces um, and also the just bops Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know yeah. let's uh, let's start with passing strange then um yeah which i saw when it was at the public way back jealous but i also saw it in philadelphia uh, a couple years ago or i guess like a year and a half ago they did a version that they uh, made to be done without stew yeah um which was also really good
1: passing strange the first time i saw it, it kind of opened my mind to the possibilities it was the first time I think I felt seen um, mm-hmm. where I can just like watch it. And because I felt very alien a lot of my, my time at NYU and watching Passing Strange, um, there came a moment where I started to like tear up because I was like, I will never write as good as this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, it was, just, it's so, um, it just comes from a place. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's every line, there's an intention, every. Um, Every chord, there's just there's some meaning to it um and i just remember like uh when he gets to to um mom song mm-hmm. and just kind of like the level the depth and the empathy that he takes <laughs> yeah to uh, to write from that place it really it just really uh got to me. It also made me know that I wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, because, I mean, I as much as I love Kander and Ev, as much as I love Cy Coleman, they're not like rock and rollers. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I really wanted to play with form, and I really wanted to play with different types of music. I grew up with Nirvana. I grew Mm -hmm. up with um, Elvis Costello and the Grateful Dead and Parliament Funkadelic and like you know mm-hmm. Michael Jackson all these different types of sounds yeah. and so I wanted to, to see that on stage and I thought like well that obviously you can do that with right. musicals right and this is the first time where I saw a show that honored blues rock that honored punk rock that honored um, acid jazz rock you know like mm-hmm. took all these different styles and kind of honored rock and roll in a way that I've never seen before um, and it also put it was the first time also where you saw like people of color on stage in a musical mm-hmm. using accents so, like showing this like, like we can be anywhere
0: right like right. we
1: are anywhere
0: they were in they were in
1: Europe they're in they're Europe they're in uh, they're LA, Berlin
0: California <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: it's just it's Amsterdam they're, Amsterdam they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're they're back and forth between everywhere and I think there's even like um, towards the end of this show I mean it's it's kind of in front of the audience but Mm -hmm. like the audience is you know new york you know right right. so like so it's just it's it takes it did a really subversive thing and taking us and saying that we exist everywhere and we've been in these moments of history modern and old and Mm -hmm. and it did it in such a beautiful way that um i don't think i don't think the show has done anything like that since this is Mm -hmm. a really revolutionary show
0: yeah what do you think uh, so it is. A, this one is a, definitely a coming-of-age yeah. story. What do you think um, The Rock adds to specifically the coming-of-age?
1: I find that with rock and roll, um, I'll go back and give a little history lesson. In. <laughs> 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 but, um, but rock and roll came out, especially for boomers or... Um, yeah, for boomers mm-hmm. um, it really revolutionized like the youth quake yeah. youth culture taking that in and really kind of giving it um, a facelift I mm-hmm. feel that like rock and roll at least from I would say the 50s until even now in many ways um, it's just it's it's been kind of like the outlet for youthful aggression for 50s it was little Richard and Chuck Barry and Elvis mm-hmm. uh, if, you're, if you were white and from suburbia <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, and going into the 60s the Who the Rolling Stone the Beatles um, Led Zeppelin um, and then 70s Queen um, the Sex Pistols mm-hmm. um, and I can keep going and going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but it really um, rock and roll, especially a lot of the, the, the bands I mentioned, um, whether it's Alice Cooper's I'm 18, whether it's um, w- whether it's the, uh, the Rolling Stones' I Can't Get No Satisfaction, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe it's, you know, or even early Be- uh, Beatles like Skiffle band music. Mm-hmm. There was something about what it means kind of growing up with the culture shifting, with, the, you know, the summer of love, with uh, civil rights with like kind of America or it's just, it's just the world just kind of like in the state of kind of like post-war mm-hmm. Cold War kind of like. yeah. And I find that like um, That that's that provides a beautiful metaphor for like coming of age for like kind of leaving innocence behind and mm-hmm. kind of like learning what it means to kind of like be an adult Kind of suffer as an adult, right. um, and um, and it provides all the outlet, all the themes, all the whether it's love, whether it's drugs, <laughs> whether it's um, rebellion, whether yeah. it's um, fighting against the man. Um, rock and roll has just been a an outlet um, of of just kind of it's protest music, mm-hmm. really, um, yeah. and it's been birthed from that. It, it's in many ways, it's what. Hip hop was in the '70s and '80s. It came out of a place of oppression, and, and a place of just disenfranchisement, and uh, this place of being on, uh, being underneath the, um, the, the being the little guy. Yeah. And um, and when you're a child, and I'm working mm-hmm. right now as a teaching artist with children, <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the time they feel like they're not being heard. Like they feel like they're not being um, seen. Yeah. And I feel a lot of rock and roll provides context for that. And that's why I think it's really – provides a great and a very beautiful soundtrack to Coming of Age Stories.
0: Yeah. Is there, I guess, a moment in – or, like, a specific song in Passing Strange that you would say, like, this is – I guess, like, Coming of Age Stories would have, like, those moments of, like – Oh, they must have been high. <laughs> 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 that number. I mean <laughs> –
1: um, just because, um, just, like, the way he colors the lyrics, um, he's talking about, um, and, <laughs> there must have been High from Passing Strange. Uh, there's a, there's a moment in the, in, this, in the, uh, in the, show where, uh, the, the titular character, The Youth, um, he is hanging out with his two rock friends, his two church friends that form a rock band, um, and they experiment with drugs. Mm-hmm. And in the, um, this beautiful moment um, they kind of trip (laughs) and it's about like growing you know the the fear of of suburban um, uh, conformity fear of social alienation the feel the fear of being um, kind of being this assembly line package of your parents or of the commu- or what the community wants you to be yeah. the feeling of losing your identity the feeling of just becoming square to be to, to become, like, as you get older the fear of becoming uninteresting mm-hmm. and um, that was just a really it, it's a really evocative moment it's a really powerful moment um, it's just really fun to watch just like watching them kind of <laughs> they're watching their relationship I- explode um and also watching the leads kind of begin, really begin his journey there yeah of kind of like doing it alone going off and really exploring his beliefs both politically both um spiritually that's just it's a great moment
2: the edges get rounded you'll have wings of fire
0: The The reason I ask is I'm thinking of like these coming of age stories having like these moments told um, using the rock and roll like yeah that moment where like you go off the moment where you have the realization or you know stuff like that so I'm just I'm thinking of like those songs and how rock is like yeah I mean is, is you know helping that helping those along in a way.
1: I mean, it always feels kind of, um, well, I, I feel like in a really weird way. When a lot of rock musicals do that, mm-hmm. it honors more traditional theater mm-hmm. than it does rock and roll. Right. Uh, what I what I like about Passing Strange, there's a moment where he speaks to that moment where he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go up into the world and I'm going to leave," and mm-hmm. and he's like, "I don't, I can't write a song like that," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. um, you know, like, and it just comes out of a place of like this primal scream in your body,
0: right yeah because i guess what what you're kind of referring to is like in musical theater there's the i want song yeah where like that would be like the moment you were you're you're going off probably yeah, yeah. i find
1: like in every rock musical i can ever think of, any like any of the ones that i'm like this is a great rock musical yeah um they they have their i want songs but it's almost out of a place of like that was the first song that they wrote mm-hmm. and that and they just kind of found the musical yeah. um with uh with Jesus Christ Superstar I think one of the first songs and I think, I think it is the first song of the show is Heaven on Their Minds which I think is the best song in the mm-hmm. show it's just his plea to God yeah. it's very much a soul song that has a rock background yeah. it, it has a funk kind of like orchestration underneath kind right. of like a lot of songs and hair mm-hmm. um, which is which is something that we can uh, which is something I think is very interesting with a lot of these musicals a lot of rock musicals are not like this is a rock musical I would say that the only tr- only a real show that's a rock musical that I think I've really seen that honors rock and roll from start to finish is um, Hedwig. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because if you listen to a lot of what we know as rock musicals, there's always something underneath. So um, for Jesus Christ Superstar, if you listen to a lot of, of the music and a lot of the orchestrations, um, the chords are a lot bluesier or a lot funkier. Mm. Hair, uh, McDermott was a funk guy. Yeah. He didn't write rock and roll, but he understood funk. So like, if you listen to orchestrations, he it became, he, he, he souped it up. He he, you know, he right. put it on steroids and became a rock show, but all the orchestrations are funk. Mm. Um, if you listen to um, a lot of Pippin, it's more like R&B, soul, funk. Yeah. Um, Hedwig really kind of takes that mm-hmm. and it really, uh, it really, it, it really honors like the Velvet Underground, David Bowie, <laughs> yeah. um, like this really kind of like iconoclastic rock and roll. Um, and so I feel that like a lot of, a lot of the shows that, um, that have that kind of like. The I Want song mm-hmm. for Hedwig. One of the I believe one of the first songs was Original Love. Mm-hmm. For Passing Strange, I believe one of the first songs um, was uh, Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it must have been High, and it, it was um, Welcome to Amsterdam. Like these are very like some of their beefier songs, right. and some of but they all honor a different aesthetic. I find that people who write rock musicals have a different aesthetic than your traditional person. Yeah. Like, I know that um, the people who did hair, mm-hmm. the team, the entire team. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wanted songs that you could find on the radio. Right. Um, and um, for Stu, it was like songs that you could do live mm-hmm. that had that kind of like concert feel. Yeah. For Hedwig, they performed it like at so many places around the city, nightclubs.
0: Those clubs, yeah.
1: Before it became, um, what it is today. Mm -hmm. It it was supposed to be just a collection of songs with this character, right? And it then became a show. Right. Um, original love from Hedwig.
2: Yeah.
1: It uh, tells you, uh, the the story of the symposium, but it also gives you what's going to be, I guess, the ninety another like the next ninety minutes of the show.
0: Right. For me, that song has always been like the this is the myth and now we're going to spend the rest of the show figuring out what the truth is yeah
1: and and it really gives it it's really the spine of the show in many Mm -hmm. ways
2: when the earth was still flat and clouds made of fire and mountains stretched up to the sky sometimes higher folks
0: roamed the
2: earth like big rolling kegs they had
0: Hedwig is an example because I mean it is also a coming of age story for her starting out young and you know coming of age but also just going on that uh, going on that journey of discovering who you are
1: yeah I um, what I love about that show and and that is I mean that's the coming of age story yeah Um, you know she you know she uh, grows up on the east side of Berlin and through circumstances transforms into this mega rock diva yeah. you know um but like but the, the, the looking for love and often in wrong places looking at for it and her parents and mm-hmm. her uh you know her first husband to Johnny Gnosis like it's just like right. every you know um and it's just it's a, a very powerful show and um and but it goes back to what like what the uh, the heartbeat of a lot of these rock musicals are doing it like, why, why they're coming up with age stories. If you look at like every one of the, these shows, be it Passing Strange, be it uh, bubbly Let Girl, shows with Camille Skin, be it um, Hedwig, be it even Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> you know, like just like that like, kind of that it's uh, it's literally that fascination that youth have with like Yeah. With with being bigger, brighter. Yeah. being the best it's 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 very much um, it lends itself to that
0: yeah that transcendence yeah yeah um, you want to talk about bubbly black girl
1: yeah bubbly black girl Che your chameleon scanned by Christian Ch- Kirsten Charles is one of the um I feel like it's one of the shows that like it'll take people maybe another 30 years for people to actually understand what she's unpacking yeah. in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was ahead of its time when it premiered, I believe, in 2000, 2001 yeah, with LaShawns. Yeah. And then uh, in a performance uh, by Nikki and James mm-hmm. at uh, New York City Encores, I believe, two years ago? Three years ago?
0: About Yeah, it was about two years ago.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and uh,
0: 2017, I think
1: what she does with that show what i love about that show it's really yes it's very much a personal show it's mm-hmm. very much uh it's in many ways it's very similar if you we were like to look at it like from a lens of just like i don't know a white theater critic <laughs> <laughs> it was it's very similar to say uh, strange loop or passing strange mm-hmm. but for this show to eclipse it um for it to really, it really, it also honors um, a lot of well, a lot of musical theater artists before her, but really like writers like uh, you know, your arms are too short to box with God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's really took a lot of like the canon of musical theater and she put it in there and she fashioned it her own way. I think probably one of the most crucial things in that show that people kind of kind of skate over because everyone kind of remembers the rest of the show skate that's the song in this yes <laughs> I
0: didn't even notice they was saying that I mean <laughs> fun but yeah there's a whole song about the skate which is a dance yeah anyway sorry
1: for a while. no um, <laughs> what well, she skates over <laughs> is um, the very first 15 minutes of it her parents telling her to smile mm. and to keep that smile up yeah. to be told by a child another child that he hopes that she dies, mm-hmm. like the girls and this, uh, in the bombing that took place in 1963 at Birmingham, um, in Birmingham, the uh 16th uh, Baptist Church, right? Um, which took the life of four girls. It was just, um, for her to kind of like take that memory and put that on stage. This is 1964. This is a woman growing up and being told by another child that she's too black, that she's too ugly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that she should die. Because all black girls should die, and that's Mm -hmm. the first memory she can remember.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that was really powerful, and it was just something that um, and you can kind of and you see that moment. It really does set up her kind of journey and just kind of being like, just saying, I'm not, I'm not gonna be bubbly. I'm gonna just keep it real.
0: How do you think the the rock sound is functioning in that in that show? It
1: definitely functions differently. But what I love about that show is that it's. It's what she was trying to do, is that she's taking on the um, the structure. She's really tackling mm-hmm. the structure. She's really challenging blackness and really putting it on a on, on a pedestal yeah. in that show. She's taking she's 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 doing a, re- a reclamation of those sounds and putting it on stage. Mm-hmm. Also, what it, um, how it functions in the show, um, it's kind of a lot of the songs in that show are pastiche. But it really acts as an emotional temperature throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes a person will strum a guitar or do a lick, mm-hmm. you know. And it heightens kind of, like, the emotional color. Um, or it kind of, like, where she's at throughout the yeah, show. Yeah. Because when you see her kind of explode, and probably my favorite song that uh, of hers, but, like, also my fa- a favorite song that I think I've heard in a the musical theater in the last 20 years, mm-hmm. um, listen. Mm. The crescendo at the end—it's yeah. just it. You, you like it. I was always very. It's always very alarming to me because I've, I've read the reviews, I've read the play, yeah. I've studied the score, and if you listen to like what they did with that particular show, every show, every <laughs> every song yeah. is colored with a tinge of guitar or, or you know a lick mm-hmm. of something, and. It really kind of gives you, more than I think any show I've seen, um, maybe it's a passing strange or, like, a strange loop, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, of kind of, like, where the character or where the protagonist is, even when someone's singing to her, mm. you know? And um, when she explodes at the end, it's it was, you definitely see where she's coming from. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely yeah. see. You definitely feel the anger. The rock and roll really functions as... Um, as an emotional thermometer for her, for, for that character. I have made up
2: my
1: mind! it's a little different than like a strange loop strange loop it's um it's giving you more I feel like it's giving the, the music and that the, especially with, with the rockier elements of it yeah. it's giving you a little pastiche of um the uh, the his white girl his inner white girl right but it's you know it's it's giving you um a little bit of Tori Amos it's giving you a little Joni Mitchell it's giving you a little despair yeah but it's giving you this kind of angst that, like, these women in these kind of like Lilith Bear era, or even you know, Valley, <laughs> like, right. you, know, um, you know, San Francisco Valley of kind of music, yeah, and taking that, and it's, um, and it's, it's, it's and, and over the course of the show, he kind of co-ops that angst mm. and it kind of fleshes it out more, and he kind of shows you his rage with that yeah versus say um a passing strange where passing strange it's um in many ways he's using it as an escape and escape and escape and escape and escape and throughout the show as like as he's being fueled by this rock music and by the you know the, the blues you're hearing a lot more gospel, you're hearing a lot more soul, you're hearing mm. a lot more um, R&B, yeah. until he really finds his conclusion at the end. Yeah. It, it really covers his, kind of like his, it's kind of covers his um, his journey. Right. But it also kind of is his crisis of faith. Mm. So I think that like, the way she functions, the way music functions in Bubbly Black Girl, it, it's really just looking at, um, that seething <laughs> uh, anger, that right. seething, that that that, uh, that that wanting to be heard, that scri- it's 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 literally the guitars and the and the music, and that function as a kind of like she's screaming into a pillow,
0: yeah,
1: and then it's all released at the end. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Like there's like a simmering underneath, yeah. And then yeah, um, let's talk about Strange Loop a little more. Yeah, because um, that kind of kind of also, I guess, has that kind of build, build up, and...
1: Yeah, um, what I find interesting about that, I was a musical theater uh, fellow at Playwrights Horizons, um, oh my I'm god, I, two years ago, almost mm-hmm. three? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the room when we did the workshop for A Strange know. Loop, and um, just, it was kind of like a given. And I remember being in... Um, in meetings uh with people um and there was this kind of conversation about like i don't know is it real (laughs) (laughs) like you know like why would you know like why would the protagonist let this happen to him and why would anyone say that to you know and it's like oh though it's and i had to like i just remember being like being in rooms with friends and being in rooms with, you know and like watching people kind of saying that this is a piece that wasn't Like, it felt a little far-fetched. didn't feel Mm -hmm. like it was organic. And I said, no, this is his experience. This is the black experience. This is not your experience. Right. You know, but this is a really, really, really rich experience. Yeah. What I will say Mm -hmm. about A Strange Loop um, is that when you watch a show and it's on its feet like that, you know that the form is going to change again, Mm -hmm. that there's going to be another group of artists. Trying yeah. to come in and trying to do what that is. Right. You know, it's um, it's, it's like Hamilton, you know, mm-hmm. like when you watch Hamilton, now everyone's trying to write hip hop musicals. <laughs> it's like, you don't, it doesn't live in you, homie. <laughs> right, right. You know, and this is something that, like, this writer, he grew up on these women, on like mm-hmm. Lilith Bear, on, you know, and you hear it in the music and it, it's just so organic. Yeah. And, you know, but he also grew up in the black church. Right. He also grew up, you know, he, his, a lot of his uh, 20s and 30s was coming to New York and, like, what is the gay scene? And, like, taking a yeah. lot of what you hear in nightclubs or, in, you know, empty right. bars, you know, soulless yeah. bars and putting it in the music.
0: Yeah, and I think this kind of leads into my question I had about, like, just authorship and, like, how the, all these shows... Uh, passing strange bubbly black girl strange loop um, to an extent Hedwig is coming from kind of the mind heart of this kind of one author who's collaborating you know to make theater but um, you know but it's it's kind of coming it's their story in a way
1: what I will say about bubbly and I'll talk about strangers magic strange is that Mm -hmm. um, bubbly Uh, Takes this woman's journey to like self love, self discovery. She experiences her first sexual awakening. She experiences her, you know, the racial politics of what it's like to date someone uh, who's white mm-hmm. <laughs> or someone's, someone who's other. Yeah. Um, she discovers her beauty. She, did, you know, she doesn't perm her hair anymore towards the end of the show. She keeps it natural. She, like, learns to love. The proportions of herself, yeah. she learns how to express herself, um, and when you look at Strange Loop, it's simple. You know, I'm, I could just change. Right, know? right. But why I love these shows, so <laughs> love. <laughs> um, yeah. th- these shows so much is because, um, I mean, they're they're personal. Yeah. they you know, but, but they, you know, but they, they they're like the little tattooed to my heart.
0: Do you think that? Um that these, this genre of musicals, this rock musicals, coming-of-age musicals, need that, that element of that an artist, author, that is part of kind of the, the musical, like Strange Loop, Michael R. Jackson, like Bubbly Black Girl, Kirsten Giles, Passing Strange, Stu, like, like you couldn't, like in a way, like you couldn't really, could you have the musical without the author's presence? in a way. Um, kind of like a rock star. <laughs> kind of like a rock star. <laughs>
1: you know, um, no. Because, I mean, even like contemporary shows that I'm not the hugest fan of, you know, like that are mm-hmm. considered like rock shows. Like, I'm sure of you mm-hmm. Even it's a great show. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. But, right. Like, but, um, but like that's, that there's something about that—that that, you know—that's a person's life, right? Right. It, you know, and it's but it's a biopic. If you know, you know, it's them kind of creating yeah. their idea of of Vita. If you look at, um, if you look at a Dream Girls, that's that's a rock musical. Yeah. But um, but it's it's looking at this very kind of like this. It it, it looks at the surface of like visibility of right. not being seen yeah. of, of kind of like having to wrestle with those but in terms of like writing something that is timeless not saying that Dream Girls isn't timeless it's one of the best musicals of all time <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, I, I feel like you, there's no way you couldn't make it mm-hmm. personal there's something about these shows where it's like they're working through something yeah. and I feel that like rock is the best Medicine—it's the best epidural. Mm. It's pushing out. Um, sometimes I—I I I can't really think of a genre of music, you know, that can really do that. Yeah. yeah there's pop music, but pop—I well, mean, pop is everything. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like, I—I can't imagine a disco. Yeah. hmm You know, I mean, it has a disco song, and then you know, they're. Uh, but like but I can't imagine like a person coming in and doing a straight up disco right, right, with like with, doing what's happening on the same themes so that kind of power but there's something about rock music where you can uh, where it in itself is, is limitless as right, well right. but there's something about it that there is just there's immediacy to it there is a a pulsating mm-hmm. uh uh presence in it, rock and roll, mm-hmm. which was started by black artists, mm-hmm. like Th- Rosetta Thorpe, like Baby Mama Thornton, like Chuck Berry, like Little Richard, um, and an endless amount of black talent. Yeah, um, There's just something about those two kind of coming together. You're seeing a lot more of a way of, like, this is kind of like a gateway. It's, it's you know, for these people to right. get into the industry. And this a call.
0: is like the way for people to be like, I'm not, like, this. and there's no box. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, j- just take it, take me as I am. Yeah. Here it is. Or I'm like creating crazy.
0: the box, or however you want to. Exactly. Well, let's move on yes. to our why is this so good section. We're going to be talking about uh, Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors. So why did you pick this song for Why Is This So Good?
1: Um, Little Shop of Horrors is a perfect musical. I think it is literally Alan Incan's best. <laughs> 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 um, it's just, it's uh, from start to finish, it's just enjoyable. Yeah. Um, this was uh, a writer who was really, with the late, great Howard Ashman, was really trying to prove his worth and it was yeah. just a very fun piece and howard ashman i mean his dna is all over the script right. um in particular i mean other than like maybe dream girls i don't think there's a more authentic sounding stacks motown sound yeah. it's also like really the show that made me go oh wait like, I didn't know this is musical theater, right. and I grew up on the, sh- the show. Like, I yeah. grew up on the film, I grew, and I didn't know, I didn't think it was musical theater because, once again, I thought, like, Oliver, I thought Annie, right. I thought, like, you know, uh, The Wizard of Oz right. was musical theater. I was like, what do you mean this is musical theater? Right. Um, and it's it, it sounds stupid, maybe. Yeah. But, like, I, I just, I love, 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 love this the song, and I love the score.
0: Awesome. Um... Yeah, I mean this is this is the opening number. Yeah. To the show, so it pretty much introduces our two main characters, the worlds, the you know all everything. What
1: I love about uh, the opening, I mean, like in the original, uh, one of the um, the chiffons, I believe their name is, mm-hmm. um, or is that I feel like that's the girl group's name, something like that. Something like that. Um, There's a
0: lot of girl groups. A lot of girl. Ronettes. Uh, yeah they're a very
1: similar sounding name yeah. yeah yeah I mean, yeah there's three girls and they're yeah. all named after um very famous 60s girl groups so the Ronettes the Crystals mm-hmm. um and and the Chiffons
2: Yeah. Downtown, where the folks are broke. You go downtown, where your life's a joke. You go downtown, where you buy a tote. Can you go home to Skid Row? Home to Skid
1: Row. It really sets you kind of like the the world up really well. You know, like it's there, one, you're downtown. You, um,
0: and there's this dichotomy of uptown, downtown. Yeah.
1: Um, it's about, like, you know, this person, um, you know, sorry, uh, Crystal, who sings this uh, particular part in the, um, in the stage show, mm-hmm. uh, is talking also uh, about just kind of like the, the, uh, the city crowd, the downtown crowd kind of like waking up. Mm-hmm. having to kind of start their hours early while the uptown people are sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they've got their 10 hours, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, and they're coming downtown to shop and to do whatever, you know, some of these people don't have jobs, um, you know. Yeah. And they're coming to these shops and these are people who are just kind of like through your average joes kind of slugging it away. Um, and um, if you're an artist, if you're just a person who is just living through this very desperate time right now, I feel like you can just kind of understand those those yeah. lyrics really well, mm-hmm. um, and it just feels really. I mean, like Howard Ashman is a genius lyricist. Um, there's yeah. also like little colors that I love in here. Sing a ch- sing a child, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and I mean, it could sound very. I don't know, like black-scenty, if you will, where you just kind of take something that, like, oh, what would a black person say? But it just feels so right here. Yeah. And it just feels so organic and genuine. Um, And uh, what I love um, about, um, as the song kind of goes on, uh, downtown, when the folks are broke, downtown, where your life's a joke, Mm -hmm. downtown, when you buy your token, you go home to Skid Row. I
0: love, that's the first time it's, does it? I, but the that triple rhyme where the last one kind of leads—it doesn't stop there; it, like yeah. keeps going. Like broke joke token, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's
1: just—and it's just—it's brilliant. I mean, Howard Ashman um, is the same—you know—a guy who did *The Little Mermaid*, yeah. *Beauty and the Beast*, and *Aladdin*. Um, yeah. And I believe uh, also kind of set up the blueprint for what would be. Um, later Mm
2: -hmm.
1: quote me if I'm wrong (laughs) but like uh, Hercules you know Mm -hmm. just kind of really uh, kind of gave like these are kind of like some ideas and I I just I I love 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 what um, the lyrics say there Um, I also like in my favorite part of the show the song um, uptown, you cater to a million jerks. Uptown, your messengers and million clerks, clerks. Eating all your lunches at the hot dog carts. The bosses take your money and they break your hearts. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, it, it said so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, um, and it's really like, I mean, diction is everything. Um, yeah. And, um, but it's just, uh, it really, um, not only does it, it kind of sets the time, this takes place in the '50s, '60s, mm-hmm. um, but you know, with you know, with uh, with Melbourne cloaks and messengers. Oh my God! What is this? Uptown, you cater to a million whores. Your disinfect terrazzo on their bathroom floors. <laughs> your your morning's tri- tribulation, afternoons a curse, and five o'clock is even worse. <laughs> 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 like, it's just it's. Um, the the inner rhymes the, right. it, the 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 interior it's just it's so spot on
0: yeah and what I love about Howard Ashman is that none of these words are like complicated words none no. of yeah it's it's the rhymes are simple words um you know it's not it's not that like He's very smart and clever, but the it's not clever rhyming.
1: Yeah, but it's, but his but what I love about it is that he'll pop things that you will not, that you don't see it in pop songs and you mm-hmm. don't see really in musical theater. Like who uses Terrazzo? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know like not a lot of people use tribulation. Right. Um, and you know, and yeah, it's just the way he he colors those lyrics. Um, are just I are, are just fun, and then you get um. You get. Audrey. Audrey.
0: Audrey comes in.
1: And what I like about this is that he does this thing where that a lot of um. A lot of musical theater, a lot of good musical theater writing, mm-hmm. is kind of like they take a lot of, what, he does here, and what whether what, what Minkin sets here, yeah. um, and what a lot of other kind of composers kind of kind of legitimately, it's kind of like the small. Voice, big voice, kind of. Mm. Uh, they, they do it uh, in um, Derwin Hansen uh, with Waving Through a Window. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, oh, it's a small voice, and then at the end of that song, he kind of kabooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Now, it's a very kind of the way she sings it, Mm -hmm. it's very low. It's kind of like a very, like one octave. And then uh, she says, I think it's where relations yeah. are no go. The
0: no go is like what? <laughs> it's
1: like belt, and you yeah. know that like later on you're you're gonna like you're gonna hear her will, yeah. and it's gonna be fantastic.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's like n- another thing you're getting introduced to is yeah. like the style of singing, the characters' voices, all that stuff is happening, and then you get Seymour. more.
1: Here it's uh, poor. All my life's always been poor. I keep asking God what I'm for and he tells me, gee, I'm not sure. <laughs> Sweep that floor kit. You know? Like, yeah. And it's just a very, like, it, it really has to hit that that accent. It has yeah. to really hit a pop. Right. Um, and um, it kind of, it also kind of fools you into thinking that it's just kind of this one note uh, thing. And then, um, towards the end of that, it kind of blo- kind of blooms a little bit, and you kind of get introduced what you're gonna hear, and suddenly see more. What, it, what I love um, following that is, so I live. There's no home address. You live when my, your life's a mess. You live
0: downtown. You know <laughs>
1: where depression's just status quo, and the way he drags out status quo, yeah, it just kind of gives you a really beautiful kind of uh, color to his voice.
0: Yeah, um, it's also just nice that like he's there he's really following that triple rhyme thing that leads into the o like the longer one with the ends in o sounds like every single one that does that the broke joke token you go uh mm-hmm. word <laughs> job
1: like, slop like
0: drips uh slips ship relationships are no go and then here it's a home address your life's a mess where depression's just status quo Squire. it's <laughs> like he's really following like this you know this rhyme scheme that um you know
1: and it really kind of gives you like kind of like the emotion it gives you the somberness while also just keeping the music alive. Uh. like all, all of the um, all of the um the feeling all yeah. of the uh, all of the 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 downtroddenness is in the lyrics. Yeah. And it's, in the, the singability of it, it's like, it, it really relies on, it doesn't really, re- uh, it doesn't really allow for the singer to kind of like do Like it's, yeah. a, it's kind of the way it hits.
0: Yeah. And then we get the, the someone show me a way to get out of here. I want to get out of here. Um, like help me get out it you know, that whole section, which I guess, it would be looked at as like kind of the collective want. <laughs>
1: yeah. It the way it is a beautiful crescendo. Mm.
0: Someone tell me I still
2: could get out of here. Someone tell Lady Luck that I'm stuck here. She sure would be swell to get out of here.
0: move on to our final section which is something wonderful where we just talk about an upcoming or current musical theater show book event that we're excited about or want to give a shout out to
1: yeah you should go first
0: okay well <laughs> it kind of yeah because it kind of comes from what I, we were just talking about because as I was listening to Skid Row um, it made me want to listen to, again, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken score for God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, yeah. which I saw and loved um, at City Center, the Off Center a few years ago, um, which was their first show before uh, Little Shop. And I just, it wasn't a perfect show or anything, but I just, it really stuck with me. And I love, love the music, especially the, um, the song. Since You Came to This Town, yeah, Um, that one, it's very, it's that kind of like very emotional song that um, they kind of have throughout their shows together, Um, kind of similar sounds, you know, but it just, it really got me as like, just, and especially like I keep hearing like that, that refrain, I always used to think that God just plain forgot me or even got my life mixed up with someone who is not me. It's so simple, and I mean, it goes on from there a little, but yeah. uh, it just—it uh, just makes me think about all, like, especially about Howard Ashman, who he wasn't—I don't think he was sick at the time of that show, since it was so early, but. Um, just just an experience of living life, feeling like God has forgotten you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like whether you're sick or you're, you know, whatever. It's just anyway. So I wanna I just give a shout out to that you can find. You know, the, they've made a recording. You can even find the demos on YouTube. Uh, the Howard Ashman singing songs. Uh, so um, yeah, check it out. Gets
1: you right in the heartstrings. <laughs>
0: yeah he was such a talent um
1: the the show that i'm really really interested in is um tina turner Mm -hmm. um just because i've had so many debates (laughs) about like just the life and like what should be depicted what shouldn't be but also just kind of like the life that this woman led yeah she was the first lady of rock and roll she was there was only really her for Mm -hmm. a while before like you know, there was space really for a Patti LaBelle or any other black um, artist or even any other real women in rock and roll. In a, in a season that is coming after Cher, mm-hmm. where Stephanie J. Block just won for that role for right. Best Actress in the Musical, uh, to come in and, and another, yeah, another Jukebox musical, um, I'm just I'm very curious to see what they do with that show. What she does with it, the yeah. kind of—I'm I'm very curious about the sp- pressure. I mean, to follow that. You
0: right. Know? Um, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'm interested in that. I'm not usually interested in the biopic. Yeah, J-box musical thing, but Tina Neither Turner's I. life is just so is is an interesting life to, I mean, it's to just, put on stage. It's
1: it's very it's interesting and also just like she like I mean like just there's certain moments that like are just gonna be very difficult to do in a musical yeah. theater. The so, River Deep Mountain High is a very they did that with a whole symphony behind them, mm. you know, because uh, Phil Spector was you know he was crazy. I mean like yeah. he's a he was a genius, but right. he was kind of a little a little nuts (laughs) you know but it was also one of the greatest recordings in in rock music history and also one of the greatest um i think moments of tina's career and i would just love to see what they how they kind of put all of that on stage
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song. You can write to scene to at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater. We'll answer your questions on the season finale. Please also email if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song on Twitter at scene song and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode.